Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to Macabre Minds, a true crime podcast. Part three of Jack the Ripper. Yes. Still Jack the Ripper, which I'm all here for. And guess what? It's going to be four parts because <laughs> I I said last time maybe it'll be three, but no. <laughs> no. We four. don't want to make yeah, we don't want to make like a super long recording for y'all to sit through. We'll give it to you in pieces. Yeah. But four will definitely be it. So I'm not gonna <laughs> drag it out any further. But it's yeah, I can see why it's so hard not to. Yeah. There's like it's funny or so not much. really funny. It's not really funny, but the um why can't I think of him? Um the other ripper that we talked about. Oh, the Yorkshire Ripper. Yorkshire. Yeah. Sure. Um Yorkshire. I want yeah. I just want to say Yorkshire. Okay, I know. Yorkshire. <laughs> um so he like I I think he probably had killed more people, right? That they know of, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you would think that it would be longer with him, but I think just because Jack the Ripper is such a mystery, that's I why know. it's taking so long because there's just so many avenues you can go down, so many theories, so many weird instances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how we managed to do Yorkshire Ripper in two episodes and this is four, but – there's like there's just a lot of the mystery with this keeps it from being so straightforward, I guess. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's not like we had someone that's recounting what happened that, or like they didn't have the killer in custody telling them, "Oh, I did this, 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 this." So right. it's a lot of just guessing and figuring out. Okay, what went down? Having to describe where they were, what they look like, and yeah. everything like that. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's get back into it. Yeah. So Mary Kelly is the last victim of the canonical five that they know for sure were killed by the same person, the Jack the Ripper person. She was 25 years old when she was killed and she is the youngest of the victims. Um, The others were slightly or like 10 years older or something. Uh, She lived in a room off of Dorset street with a man named Joseph Barnett, but he did not like her prostitution in their home. So he moved out and They were still pretty good friends, though, and they would see each other from time to time. And the last time he called on her for a visit was November 8th. He was so he said he was with her for about an hour that night and then he went home. And at 4 a.m. on November 9th, some neighbors were woken up to someone screaming like murder, murder. And (laughs) the Kind of funny, kind of not. Um, the neighbors ignored it, thinking, oh, we kind of hear this thing all the time. So nobody paid much attention to it. I, what? Yeah. They're, I'm To live in a world where someone's screaming out in the middle of the night, murder, murder, or murder, whatever that? they yelled out. Um, 
and that being normal. Yeah. I could not go to sleep after that. I'd freak out. (laughs) Back to sleep. Are you kidding me? No way. Um, yeah, definitely strange. And then at 1045 in that morning, Mary Kelly's landlord, John McCarthy, sent his assistant, Thomas, to collect her overdue rent. And he banged on her door twice, and there was no answer. So he looked into the window, and he saw a lot of blood. Couldn't really make out what he was looking at, but he knew, like, oh, this is a bloody crime scene. So he went and got... He went and got another man, um, McCarthy, the landlord, to go with him inside, as I would. I wouldn't go see that by myself either. Definitely not. Yeah. It was a bloodbath. The wall behind the bed was splattered with blood. On the bedside table was a pile of human flesh that was just all cut up. Mm-hmm. Like really, really bad. Um, and then on the bed was Mary Kelly. She was barely recognizable as human, and she was virtually like skinned down to like a cadaver of herself. It was it's gruesome, like bad. So that took probably took a lot of time, I yes. would assume. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, the, the two of them are just absolutely horrified. And McCarthy tells a journalist, quote, it's a sight I cannot ever drive away from my mind. It looked more like the work of a devil than a man. I had heard a great deal about these Whitechapel murders, but I declare to God I had never expected to see such a sight as this. The whole scene is more than I can describe. I hope I may never see a sight such as this again. And like traumatized for sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they probably suffered from like some sort of PTSD after that. And I mean, you don't really, I like at that point it was not diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-mm. but I don't, there's no way. I mean, a lot of police officers deal with PTSD. There's yeah. no way that someone that just came up upon that uh, scene recovers from that fully. That's so yeah. traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um. Inspectors Walter Dew and Walter Beck also wrote about it um, later on in their lives, and they said it was the most terrible, soul-changing thing of their lives. That was a quote, soul-changing, of how, like, I can't even say, like, how, you know, terrible it was to look at. For someone in that time to say that just tells you. I mean, because... Unfortunately, like it was, it was, there were people just like kind of like butchers walking the streets with blood on them after, after their day of work. Like that was like a normal sight walking down the street at times. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not like they're squeamish to blood. That's not, that's not the case. It's literally because it was just so horrifying. And I mean, I do wonder like if, if we are a little bit, 
desensitized mm -hmm. to what we see like from movies because there was no way that that was even they've ever even seen anything like that besides yeah. like in a medical journal or something like that yeah where there'd be like something depicted but otherwise when would they ever see a scene like that no it's not something you would ever expect to see or prepare for or anything like that right no way so then i think about it and i'm like oh my gosh now i wonder i mean i'm sure people will still be traumatized because it's a real life thing but i do feel like people are probably desensitized to things like that because mm -hmm. of what we saw on tv too yeah the detectives also wrote that her body was laid on the bed, her head turned towards the window, and her face had been mutilated beyond recognition, except for one feature, her eyes. Um, Inspector Dew wrote, the poor woman's eyes were wide open. They seemed to be staring straight at me with this look of terror in them. I cannot imagine that. Like, her your face is so messed up with these eyes staring at you. Like, I – that is not something I'd want to see in an, any – like, not even in my nightmares. And that's so intentional, too. I mm -hmm. mean, to avoid the eyes in whatever you're – however you're mutilating her. I mean – Yeah. It's very obvious that he did that on purpose. Yeah. She was, again, so mutilated that they really only knew it was her because, um, A, it was in her home, and her friend Joseph sadly had to come and identify her, um, and he was able to identify her by her eyes and her ears, and that was basically in the color of her hair, but that's basically all that was left to identify um, so here's the medical report from Dr. Thomas Bond, and it is very graphic. Warning. Um, okay. She was lying down, shoulders flat, but the axis of her body inclined towards the left side of the bed. Her head was turned on the left cheek. Her arm was close to the body at a right angle lying across the abdomen or left arm, and then the right arm was slightly abducted from the body. And I'm not entirely sure um, what that means. I think it means, like, almost severed off, maybe? Um, It's more know. so just, it's just a positioning turn. So it's oh, just, okay. like, there's, like, abduction, and then this is adduction. So, like, if you're pulling away from the body, it's abduction. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like, like, it's just it's more so from the body. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that meant her arm was almost chopped off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just like a medical directional term. Okay. Never mind then. Well, maybe it was, but no. Okay. Um, do, do, do. The, so her right arm, slightly abducted from the body, elbow bent, and forearm super pine supine with her fingers clenched so her arm was face up okay. and her hand was clenched closed okay with her elbow bent and her arm kind of pulled away from her body okay see i'm so glad i have you 
<laughs> no, <laughs> directional <it didn't>. terms. <laughs> um, her legs, so going on, that's pretty much her arms, and then her legs were wide apart, left thigh at the right angle, and um, hold on, I'm trying to read this. Mm. The whole surface of her abdomen and thighs were removed and the abdominal cavity emptied of its viscera. This, yeah, I think. Organs. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. So you're telling me, where were her organs? Did they find them? Um, yes. Okay. It's it's further down. Okay, continue. Okay, okay continue. <laughs> okay. Um, her breasts were also cut off and her arms were mutilated by several jagged wounds, the face hacked beyond recognition, the tissues of her neck were severed all the way down to the bone, um, and then, so her organs were found in various parts of, around the room, um, what? Yeah. Or some of them were positioned around her body. So her uterus and kidneys and one of her breasts were put under the head. And then, yeah, it's um, her other breast was by her right foot. Her liver was found between her feet and her intestines and spleen from the right side were moved to and like put next to the left side of her body. And then the flaps removed from her abdomen and thighs were on a table next to her. And um, the floor was just like a lake of blood, obviously, with all of that. Yeah, um, yeah the it would be. face was gashed in all directions. Her nose, cheeks, and eyebrows had been removed, and her lips were cut, um, running obliquely down to the chin. So, oh my, there's a lot going on. Yeah, can you like? Ugh, it's so. I don't think we've ever talked about something quite like that before on here. No, I. No, we definitely haven't. And mm-hmm. I just don't understand. I mean, it, I, I think it's because he had more time. You yeah. know, this is probably what what he would do to all his victims if he had the time. He took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand. Like, he didn't take any organs with him. They were all they were all located. Yes, everything he removed from the body, he placed around her and or on the table and floor i don't i don't know how this this character how this person at, was walking in in public normal was right like, yeah i mean able to hide someone i that don't understand clearly it. depraved yeah and i mean her uterus underneath her head Mm-hmm. I like I just don't I don't know 
what he was doing. Why? Why was he just messing around with everything like that? I don't get it. And I mean, yeah. it's a good thing I don't get it because I don't think of like a psychopath, but like him just be able to walk out and then wait. Okay, so clearly that's super bloody. He's just mm-hmm. able to leave I know. all bloodied up. Nobody sees anything. I mean, there's no way you could walk out of there looking clean unless he like cleaned himself up in her apartment before leaving. But they didn't find any like discarded clothes or anything else in the in the room. So bizarre. Yeah. Also, this and is then, such a what were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask, like, did they think that the neck being severed? Did they think that that was um what killed her? Honestly, um, I don't know. It doesn't, it didn't say, I think. I mean, I'd assume that they're not, it was MO. There was really, I don't know if they had enough with the way everything her body was to like determine what it was, you know? (laughs) But, or maybe they did. Right. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It wasn't reported though. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't reported. Um, also, this is like a he did like mutilation before, but this was like to another level. And this was also the first of the victims that were killed in her home instead of like on the street somewhere. So it was a massive panic that he was escalating drastically. And then surprisingly, she's the last. Well, last we'll get into it, but last of the canonical five yeah i mean could he have gotten what yeah because usually with serial killers they don't they don't really get a fix they get it until their next kill basically like they get a fix but they're never satisfied i mean right but um also before i will say there are I'm shocked that they exist because, again, cameras and then we established they exist. But um, uh, there are pictures of the crime scene and her body that exist. I did see them in my room and it was it's really horrible. So look at that at your own discretion. But I will. It's really graphic, even with like the quality not being of pictures not being like great like it would be now um it's still like a lot to look at so yeah i i'm definitely not looking at those i'm not gonna post them either because you know probably get flagged if i try but i'm not going yeah yeah so wow yeah i know that's horrible that like that's just so sad that those crime scene photos get released in general. Yeah. I just feel like that should just not be something that people can have access to. I don't. Yeah. Like, why would anyone who didn't have to look at it want to see it? And I didn't seek those pictures out, by the way. I was scrolling through the research and there it was. So. Right. It's going to yeah. it's gonna come up in the research. I mean, most, like, I'm sure that there's plenty of people that are interested in it. Yeah. Um. Whether or not it should be 
shown is a whole other conversation. <laughs> right. So Mary was buried November 19th, 1888. Like I said, it was the last murder and people began saying he must have the only explanation why um, they weren't hearing about any more savage murders like that was because he must have committed suicide after Mary's murder because of how heinous it was. He had finally snapped and realized what he had done. And like, even the sight of that was even too much for him. And he must have driven himself mad and committed suicide. Um, that's an interesting theory. So that's what people were saying. Yeah. I don't, be- I wouldn't believe that um, at this point with what he's already done. I'd be shocked if he did that. I don't think that what he's doing shows any remorse. No. Nothing showed any hesitancy. No. I no. don't I don't believe it. I don't either. I, I would like to believe that, but right. no. I'd like to believe that, but sadly, I don't <laughs> think that's the case. <laughs> no. Um now, like I said, she was the last of the canonical five, but that didn't mean murders were not still happening. There are still a few more that are part of these white chapel murders. So there were a few before the five and there are a few after um, that are possibly connected to him. And the first of those happened on December 19th of 1888. And so about a little over a month later at 7 55 PM, a man named Charles told me saw a woman in the company of two sailors her name was Rose Milet, and Ptolemy says she appeared sober when he saw her, and he heard her say, no, 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 a couple times, but didn't see what had happened, and didn't come any closer to them. And at 2.30 a.m. on December 20th, Rose is seen at a pub with two men, and she was quite drunk by that point. And at 4.30 a.m., two hours later, her body is found, and her body was still warm when she was found. Um, And she's described, or her body was described as, um, um, so this is a quote from, I didn't write down who said this, maybe a police officer, but this is what they said. Her face was perfectly placid, the clothes were not disarranged, and round her neck was a handkerchief loosely folded, but not tied. One of her ears, in one of her ears was an earring, but the other was missing. There was absolutely no signs of any struggle and no marks of visible violence. And the police believed from the appearance of her body that the case was one of sudden death from natural causes or suicide but then a mortuary keeper later found one small neck or one small mark (laughs) on her neck about an eighth of an inch deep with a few scratches around the mark um she had blood coming from her nostrils and there was a slight abrasion on the right side of her face so I don't know what they were saying where they were like, there's no signs of anything at first, but I guess it could have been like 
she had fallen and the mark happened. But then there was that weird little cut as well. Hmm. But not a cut where you would like bleed out from it. Really. So they really didn't know. But her nose was bleeding. I yes. wonder if it was like a brain hemorrhage or something. Possibly. Yeah. That could obviously also lead like you fall over probably if you're yeah. standing and yeah. Um then under further inspection of her, they like pulled down the collar of her dress and um which was like pretty high, and they saw some more marks um that they said were made by a cord being drawn tightly around her neck from the spine to the left ear. And there were also impressions of thumbs and the middle and index fingers on each side of her neck. So now oh, okay. <laughs> it was strangulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were like, she could not possibly have done this to herself. So this was not suicide. And the marks on her neck were probably caused by her trying to pull the cord off. So she had like probably scratched herself. Oh, oh scratched herself. Yeah. yeah. Um, the murderer must have stood at the left side of her and um i don't know how they know that but that was also in the report um the police were pretty embarrassed by their mistake and then they backtracked trying to keep some panic down they were said this is definitely not a ripper murder this is strangulation it's totally different um but again that would obviously un- stir up you know panic right or would yeah um most i would be surprised just personally i would be surprised if it was a ripper murder Mm -hmm. just because he seems he seems prepared he has an mo i don't think that just based off what we've talked about so far he's the type to like not have a a knife with him he wouldn't attack if he didn't have like the equipment he yeah usually uses like the the sharp knife and he there was like no mutilation so like that doesn't really make sense for Mm -hmm. it to be a ripper murder because it's strangulation that's completely different yeah what he's been doing i agree it doesn't really fit um but the newspapers kind of wanted to jump on a story so they were saying oh the ripper has returned and he did strangle his previous victims but the medics wouldn't tell us about it or they didn't know because their throats were slashed after so they were kind of inventing this narrative that oh it was strangulation all along and then he cut their throats but that wasn't true just making stuff up yeah (laughs) so because of these discrepancies between the two kinds of murders um rose milet is often is dismissed by most experts and law enforcement and historians as a ripper victim but she is still part of these strange Whitechapel murders and then in july of 1989 alice mckenzie's body is found and this one's a little more um controversial if it was 
him or not because her skirt had been pulled up, which was common by him. And there was blood mm-hmm. all over her thigh and abdomen. And she had these weird zigzag cuts across her abdomen as well. Um, and then a wound that ran from her left breast to her navel, like she was cut open there. Um, and doctors were kind of uh, at odds with each other. One of them said that the injuries suggested the ripper and the other one said, no, the injuries are not severe enough to be the ripper. So they kind of go back and forth of whether or not it could have been him or not. But again, the consensus generally was that she was not. Interesting. I wonder if it's because I wonder if that was like a copycat one. Um, Cause also the way, the fact that they say zigzag, uh, he, he seemed very meticulous about what he did. Yeah. A lot of like slashes or almost like surgical, like incisions basically. Mm-hmm. So a zigzag, jagged wound on her would not be very would be kind of surprising i i would think that he would if it were him he was doing it intentionally but i don't know what purpose that would be yeah i don't know and it was like yeah again like i think what most officials were thinking because after um mary kelly they were like, there's no way he would just downgrade like that and not like completely cut her open and stuff like that. So, right. Like, he, they don't typically de escalate, they just continue to escalate. Exactly. Yeah. So, it would have been weird if it de escalated like that. But yeah. And then the final victim of the Whitechapel murders was Frances Cole. Her body was discovered at about 2.15 a.m. on Friday the 13th, February 1891. Um, So this was a few years later after the 88 murders. Um, Her throat had been cut ear to ear and her body was still warm when it was found. And um, the last person to see her alive, James Thomas Sadler, um, ID'd her. The two of them had gone on a pub crawl that night and Sadler was jumped and robbed. And after Francis failed to step in to help him, they argued and separated for the night. (laughs) Very odd string of events. After the, like the female that's with him didn't fight. Like that's, I've never heard that before. Right. Yeah. He's like, you didn't help me out. Yeah. Like, what? I've never heard that before. I mean, like, like I, this might be sexist, but I've heard two men, you know, and if one one of them didn't help, I would get that. But yeah. the fact that she's, like, what is she supposed to do? I know. Like, hello? She probably couldn't have I don't know. fought them off either. So, yeah, I wonder if Francis was just, like, a bodybuilder. <laughs> right. This guy knew something was we she didn't that know. Tough, really? Who knows? Um, I don't know. That story sounds fishy. That's, that sounds weird. I'd question him more, whoever the heck that guy is. <laughs> oh, James. I blame that guy. I blame okay. James. <laughs> At least for her murder. At least for him. 
Rip. Um, so Francis showed up to lodging her, or a lodging house completely drunk after that. And she had no money to pay for it. So she was asked to leave at about 1230 a.m. And then at 1.45 a.m., Francis met um, another woman named Ellen. Okay, wait, my notes say he was the last person to see her alive, but she he wasn't. Except Ellen saw her. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's because James is the last person to see her alive because he killed her. That's what <laughs> happened. But she saw someone after that. <laughs> well, or did yeah, it's well. Oh, she saw wait, Ellen, okay. and then he came. I just back. confused myself. He he does come back later in the night. <laughs> oh, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I maybe I should do this. I in told order. you. <laughs> um. So she meets up with this Ellen first, and then shortly after their meeting, she apparently was met by a violent man in a cheese cutter hat ellen was ellen um and but ellen refused to go with him to like have sex with him and the man punched her in the face and blackened her eye and then he turned to francis and um was like hey you should come with me and ellen was like you shouldn't he just punched me in the face but ellen or Francis was like, okay, sure. So the two of them left. Um, hey, wait. Very, this is a very strange what is, story. What is up with these? Yeah, these recounts are very interesting. I this know. is like the weirdest night. Yeah. I mean, if she, if she like had lived through this and then like went home and told someone the story, like, I'd be like, huh that's just that's not a typical friday night that's so weird i know i can't and then meanwhile while francis and ellen were hanging out and doing all this james had he was a sailor and he tried to get back on this ship um but he was for some reason they didn't want him to come on the ship maybe because he was drunk or maybe he wasn't supposed to be on this ship i don't know i don't know what the reason was but they weren't letting him on and so he got into a nasty fight with some of the dock workers and was turned away from the ship and then by saturday morning james is arrested for francis's murder and that's kind of what he wakes <laughs> up to him being arrested after all of this because they uh-huh. found his body um like in the street i think it was why did i like not write that down good job emily i don't know if they found her outside or inside Oops. okay um hmm. good job me okay anyway um a man named donald said that he had bought a knife off of james that morning and the blade was stained this rusty red, so it must have been him. Um, and on February 24th, he had to go to court for Francis's murder. But um, the case for James fell apart really quickly because he was able to prove that he 
was separate from Francis for the rest of that night. Um, he was also, they also tried to pin all of the Jack the Ripper murders on him because they oh. were just trying to pin somebody for something, really. So they were like, it was him. It was a Ripper murder. It was all of this. Um, but he was at sea most of the time of the other murders because he was a sailor. Um, so it just could not have been him. And then the knife that he supposedly used was far too blunt to have caused the injuries that she had um, because she had cuts to her torso, um, multiple cuts and stab stabbings. So it kind of is like a ripper, kind of not, because um, she died. That's how right. she died. Is like these stabbings to her torso. Well, I mean, yeah, stabbing, but that's not necessarily what the Ripper does. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I still think it's James. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sadly for you, he's acquitted. Or can, yeah, he's acquitted. Because they just had lack of ev- evidence, really. Yeah. They couldn't prove anything. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I'm glad that now it's not the standard to just, like, pin everything. Like, now we have, like, a thorough investigation, and when they have sufficient evidence for each thing, mm-hmm. they can charge him. But they don't usually charge him for everything when they don't have any evidence. Yeah. And a burp. On September 11th, 1889 a female's torso was found in a railway on Pynchon Street and it was the strange thing about this was it was close to the street where Elizabeth Stride had been murdered and also there was no blood where the torso was found and the victim was about 36 hours dead so that means she would have been killed on September 8th which is the anniversary of Annie Chapman's death. So it's weird. They never identified who this torso belonged to either. Um, Never found anything else about it. They just found her torso. No suspects even because there's just nothing. Um, But the strange connection to two of the Ripper victims... Um, two other Ripper victims, like the date of it and everything, and the the location made it odd at the very least. I don't know. I believe that one. I could I could totally see that one because he probably figured out he likes to do it behind closed doors, mm-hmm. and so he got an opportunity. And yeah, but he still wants to like display it in some way. Yeah. Because obviously it had to have been placed there because there was no blood and the other parts of her body were never found. So who knows? Maybe he was just doing them in private now and then like left one random one out there. Just to be like, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, That's so weird. The this is a quote from a newspaper. 
um, about the incident. If this a fresh outrage by the Whitechapel murderer known as the horribly familiar nickname of Jack the Ripper, this murder committed in the murderer's house would be a new departure from the system. I am, however, inclined to believe that this case was not the work of the Ripper. So he argued that it was a completely different crime altogether um, and that dismemberment and mutilation were different. Frenzy's attack is very deliberate. Um, to Or a frenzied attack is very different to precise cutting. So I'm not sure he kind of argued that the ripper messily cut out organs and this was very careful removal of limbs so he said it was different because of that but i don't know i think with especially with mary kelly the way he did it just had to have been so strange um no i don't really believe that i i or i don't really agree with him Mm -hmm. because you don't cut out organs with like messily. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that that is that is precise. Those are precise right. cuts. Like yeah, the crime scene w- was messy, but like that was intentional. And but it what I mean, Mary's was messy. But that's because he cut off everything. Yeah, but like all yeah. the other ones weren't that messy. No, it's the thing. Yeah, like. They so I don't know. I don't really agree with him the, I, on, on the fact, like his argument, I don't agree with. I agree. I think what there's absolutely really nothing about this torso that could link it, but I don't agree with his argument that it couldn't have been a ripper. It, the ripper could have. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it's precise to me. And he clearly has like he he does something different every time he took a kidney took a uterus took a um then he took everything off but he left it so he's like he's clearly got something going on like where he doesn't necessarily take like he's doing something methodical that we don't know or understand yeah um yeah so that was the last of the whitechapel murders and like any incidents like that um so that wraps up that case file that is so the three three or four before the five and then the five and then the three after that are the white chapel murders Um, i see and it's yeah part four is where i'll get into the top suspects for who were suspected of jack the ripper and then the one that I really believe, um, and most, I don't want to say most people, but a good chunk of people believe is actually probably him. You know what Obviously, I believe? Not, nobody was like a hundred percent pinpointed. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. I'll say my opinion now because I I think that mine is kind of far-fetched. Okay. But I, I like my opinion. Go for it. Or I don't like it, but like. It makes sense in my head. I think it was H.H. Holmes. You know what? That is a theory for sure. That's my theory. (laughs) Yeah. I think he came to America. I do. 
I think that that's how it all happened. And that's with uh, going to Chicago and that's starting that hotel. And yeah, that's where he went afterwards. Damn. Who knows? That's my theory. Maybe he did. So are you going to talk? Are you going to talk about that then? If you want me to, I'll look into it. I wasn't going to, but. Yeah, look into it a little bit. Look into okay. it a little bit just so that I know. I know why it's probably not. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't line up with like, you know, his history because he's like getting married before that and all that. And yeah, but it is just like it's an inter it would be like just so bananas. Mm-hmm. If it was think, actually H.H. Holmes. Um, I'll have to look into even my past notes that we have here on H.H. Holmes, because I think we talked about it in our episode of him. Yes, we did. And I remember being like, ooh, interesting. And then my brain has clung on to that ever since. But I mean, it makes sense. Even if even if the torso was him, that makes sense for H.H. H. Holmes. He would have been in Chicago by then, by the time that torso was found. Oh. Okay. So I think so maybe no, the- maybe not the torso then, but still. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll add that to <laughs> part four. Yeah, part four, okay. we're just going to talk about the suspects. Theories. Yeah. Suspects, theories. Very interesting. All right. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for doing all that research. Once again, I'm sure I already asked this, but where are you, where were you getting most of this information from? Um, so I actually, I don't think I mentioned them yet, but it was really... Um, it was very, very, very helpful. They have so much information. It's um jacktheripper.org. So you know it's official if it's .org. And they have, if you want to check out the website, listeners, they have the letters, the pictures. Uh, well, yeah, maybe you don't want to look at the pictures, but they have like every detail. It's very, very detailed. Um website and then also which i'll mention in part four the fbi um reports that i found i'll get into that as well so the fbi vault i guess yeah all right sounds good okay well on that note i'm casey i'm emily and you just heard macabre minds